Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. My name is Marcus C. Speller. My name remains Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm PP, PP Donaldson. Hello, everybody. It's Friday and the weekend is just that far away. Or that close, rather. Um, how are you, boys? Is everybody keeping well? Is everybody looking forward to the football? Because we've got it again, <laughs> Petey. We're all Bundesliga hipsters now, baby. Yeah, it wasn't Come just on. a one-off. <laughs> we've, we've got football tonight, Luke. We have. We Friday have. night football. I know, and it's a belter as well. Um, the, the the original fixture between these two, or not the original, but the first fixture of the season between these two was dramatic. Uh, oh. It's going to be it's going to be good, even though there's not going to be any fans. It's still going to be great. Um, Andy Brassel, your friend and mine, Marcus, and your friend Jim, and your friend Pete, yeah. well, and your friend producer Charlie. Um, are Jim and Andy friends? Yeah, they are some sometimes. I mean, Jim Jim's a little bit of a problematic character, isn't he? But I mean, mm-hmm. Andy's very patient. So true. true uh, but true, but true. listen, Andy Andy was at the first game uh, between Union and Hertha. I think it was the first um, clash between these two sides in the top flight, and it mm. was a dramatic game. Union won with an eighty seventh minute penalty, and uh, <clears> it was a scene. So we didn't necessarily, I, I think, pick up on it at the time, chiefly because. Um, it was around the time we were on tour, so we didn't we didn't talk about it very much. But it's well worth going back and listening to that at the match app, um, because mm. tonight is going to be a fantastic affair, and it'll be fascinating actually to see how the game transpires in light of the fact there's going to be no fans. Because last time they played at the Olympia Stadion, it was in the second tier, and there was about seventy five thousand people there. Now we've all been to the Olympia Stadion, and it certainly wasn't that full, was it? So I bet it was quite no. an atmosphere with those that amount of people in it. I seem to recall that in the last match, uh, a goal was scored uh, with an assist from a bum. So if there's yeah. more of that, please, we can't mm. have the flares and we can't have the big old tifos and stuff. But I'd very much like a, a goal assisted by a bot bot. That would be. Ticking a lot of boxes for me. So you can ask for in these troubled times. Ticking the bot box. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's uh, <clears throat> one point separates uh, the two. The, uh, only one place separates it. Peter, you are, you're now our resident Hertha Berlin fan. You, you must yeah. be really, really nervous about that. <laughs> in, in football, I'm very much, I'll do like the underdog. And we got all got awarded these teams. And I obviously got awarded the team that I... That I did I, no, I didn't know. They got yeah. chosen by a listener, didn't they? I they didn't right. have oh, yeah, to they be, got, Pete. They got chosen by... A, no, they didn't have to be. No, I, I, but I'm very easily led. No, I definitely yeah. chose my own Borussia Dortmund. I chose Pete, my own pal. Peter, oh. do you not understand? When it comes to the listeners, right, it's it's only advice. So when they say, go and watch right. this two-hour, uh, two three-quarter film... It doesn't form the basis <laughs> of a criminal defence. How many more times? Yeah. Can we hurry this ramble along because I've got to get to a Bitcoin blockchain uh, TED talk that the man is giving me? <laughs> yeah, oh, so dear. so I so I really should have gone. For, I really should have gone for for, for basically not Bayern. Hertha because I've seen her to play and I didn't enjoy them at all. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I, I didn't like the, the, the where their stadium was. It's unhelpful. Um, I think I probably should have chosen Union Berlin. So, but 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 I'm stuck with Hertha. They had a great win at the weekend. So come on, you Hertha boys. Yeah. You chaotic bastards. You guys, this always bears repeating. The Union um, Stadium is called the Stadium at the Old Forester's House. Nice. nice. If you can't enjoy that, I've got nothing for you. You're not going to enjoy the rest of the yeah. show, so don't bother listening. Cottage. Yeah. I love honest, Pete, that you've been that you've been supporting her to Berlin for a week 
and you've now admitted that that's essentially by accident and that you should have chosen their local rivals. So you would have alienated <laughs> yeah. their actual fans so quickly. I feel like one of those kind of American uh, emailers who always email in going, I've chosen the wrong, I've chosen West Ham, I want to support Tottenham now. <laughs> loads of emails like that. But I'm just, stuck, I'm stuck. Just bloody change. I mean, you said that you didn't want to support the underdog, yet you're supporting Union Berlin, who are just one point and one place away from them. Or the other way around. So it's not exactly a, a six, you know. Not... I mean, Hertha versus Union, you would say in the grand scheme of things, where their they're footballing history, Union are very much the underdogs between them, them and Hertha. Yeah, and also Hertha have had 250 million euros <laughs> pumped into their club recently. So, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Is Berlin pr- possibly the most underachieving city in world football? Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You would think that... What you, about you, Bristol? With... Well, <laughs> Birmingham. I would say Berlin's probably got more of a, a sort of global reputation. What about the beautiful cathedral yeah. city of Exeter? Uh, <laughs> no, because I no, I'm going to stick up for Exeter because I remember that nil-nil draw they got at Old Trafford in the cup with Fair my point, former actually. boss. You've done me there. Mm. Would David Bowie write an album in Exeter? No, <laughs> but uh, both Berlin sides are in the top flight, whereas the, whereas the Bristol teams they're not. And I mean, we love Bristol. We love it there. So come on, Bristol. I love Bristol's. Yeah, but I mean. It is a major European city in a way that Bristol isn't, again, as much as I love Bristol. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, uh, <laughs> you just think a, a, such a major city would have, have better teams, frankly. Yeah, that yeah. is a fair point, I have Correct. to say, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for trying to make a Spoke- sensible point now that the football's back. Spoken like the true fan of the FC Souls. <laughs> <laughs> more on them later, presumably. Oh, sadly. Uh, well, it's more of an update, really. Um, but, uh, but Jim, your, your buy Leverkusen boys uh, are playing... Uh, yes, they're playing Gladbach. It's a tasty one. It's third versus fifth. Yeah, they had a good win on Monday. They did. They did. High Cavert uh, is, mm. uh, is got to be uh, your favourite player at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's a, <laughs> yeah he, his second goal was very, very easy, but he just he looks, he looks like a sort of luxury, doesn't he? Like an like an efficient luxury, one of those players where it's like he's clearly a bit special. There's something about the way he carries himself and just his his, his touch. He's just like, yeah, this guy's this guy's going to be a superstar. And I'm delighted that we have got him. Um, <laughs> genuinely, <laughs> genuinely watching the game though, I did feel a little bit um, a little bit more invested than I other would have, otherwise would have been, oh. just because I've nailed my my colours to that mast. So maybe you know, as as the months fly by. And the and project restart keeps getting pushed back. Maybe I'll be like a proper died in the wall by Leverkusen supporter by the end of it. But you're right, Marcus. This has uh, this shows a lot of promise. This game, doesn't it? Two two Jim, teams from what we've seen it so far. Don't get too attached to Havertz because he's he's a he's a delightful player. Of course, I, yeah. I kind of I was going to say it reminds me slightly of Kakao, but then that might just be me. Mm. You know, no, I think wishing. I think that's I think that's where I think that's absolutely spot on. He's got the glide. Yeah, yeah, the it's the glide. Stuff, yeah. I love the yeah. I love the play with the glide. But I was just going to say, Jim, careful because in ten minutes he'll be off to Bayern. So don't get too attached. Yeah. Oh, also, no, I think what could possibly happen here, Jim, and in a complete um, crossing over of the of the Jim Campbell Venn diagram, I can see <laughs> Kai Havertz being linked with a move for someone like Chelsea, then mm-hmm. bidding say fifty million, that being rejected, and then Arsenal coming in with say a forty-two million pound bid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the low ballers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they don't need him though. They've got Ozil. <laughs> That's awesome. Imagine his imagine Ozil's Fortnite score right now. Wow, it must be Oh my god. Oh, god. It must be yeah. e-sport worthy. He must be <laughs> he could just move straight into like a, a Korean or Chinese uh, Overwatch team. 
That's probably why all of London's Wi-Fi is so bad at the moment. <laughs> eating it up on Fortnite. <laughs> oh dear. Well, Luke, your lads, uh, Borussia Dortmund, in second, uh, are, are playing Wolfsburg, of course. Second versus six. That, you need to win this, Luke, to keep the pressure on Bayern. I know. I'm absolutely beside myself here. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot tell you how excited mm. I am. Wolfsburg had a win last time out as well. Yeah, um, but Borussia Dortmund found it. I mean, we spoke about this, didn't we, a little bit earlier in the week, but Borussia Dortmund found it fairly easy against Schalke. Uh, and as I've said in a, in a rather boring way before, it depends who handles the conditions the best. And 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 so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I'm really excited, though, for the Burn Derby. I'm excited for that Leverkusen game. I think you're right to, to highlight that one because that should be a belter as well. Um, mm. Ultimately, I'm just pleased that my beloved Borussia Dortmund, my first love, <laughs> the team that I probably, you know, came out of came out of the womb thinking yeah. about, mm-hmm. are, yeah. are playing again. You know, to me, it's everything's right with the world. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as a youngster, you were known as the blonde wall, weren't you? Oh, <laughs> I was, and I was, and I also when I was born, I did look quite black and yellow. Yeah, <laughs> more, I would say he's more of a Roman Berkey. Yeah, possibly. Did you used to call each other Burks when you were kids? Burks? Oh. Uh, well, I don't know what I mean, that he means. He wasn't in Berkshire. He's in Hampshire. Yeah, because Burke is actually <laughs> slang for the baddest yeah. word, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, oh, Berkshire, it? it's Berkshire Hunt, isn't it? Is the... That's, That's right. the right one. Yeah. Oh, is that right? I don't know I why no I said idea. it like that. That's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> you have selected the correct word. You sound like um, like a VHS um, board game from back in the 90s. Yeah, you have I selected do, yeah. the right word. Go to Atmosphere. page 503. Yes, I'm a bit weird today because I didn't sleep properly at all last night. I was having today. like a sort of a hypnagogic dream, which is one of those dreams where you're half awake and half asleep. And basically, Catherine right. Tate kept trying to trick me into buying Bournemouth, and it was really annoying because she wouldn't stop. <laughs> and I just I had to say, I don't, I don't know how to run a Buy Bournemouth, club. Jim. She wouldn't leave me alone. Stop now! You're doing it. Stop it. Buy Bournemouth. You're a waking nightmare. Buy oh, Bournemouth. G- gentlemen, let's move on for crying out loud to the Premier League. <laughs> you, you can't say let's move on <laughs> ladies and gentlemen and then take a massive pause <laughs> yeah. now you're like the atmosphere guy <laughs> um, the Premier League players are returning to train in summer saying that they have concerns over this and of course restarting the league is, is going to prove a little bit controversial a handful of players uh, have, have tested positive and some have opted out of training sessions thus far although Harry Maguire has said he felt very safe after they did this coronavirus tests and and everyone's been following the rules at Manchester United so without dwelling on this too much because again it's always a moving fluid situation and uh, people are going to give their opinions of course um, it's 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 not proving as perhaps as smooth as the Premier League would like with players now coming out, but it's understandable that the players have, yeah, have I mean, got their concerns. Yeah, they have. But I mean, the the, the, the positive tests have been quite low mm. uh, given how many players have been tested. And I, I don't know if you've seen the, the official protocols going around, but um, apparently corner flags, the balls themselves, cones, goalposts, and, and even playing services are going to be disinfected after each training session. And obviously the, the, the squads are broken up into small groups and have time slots with different coaches. So I think when Harry Maguire was, was talking about how safe he feels, it's for good reason. They're taking mm. it very, very seriously and they've been very, very regimented about it. So if you are going to bring it back, this is the way to do it and sort of credit to them for, for you know, for being so thorough. So, um, I guess we, you know, it remains to be seen how that will turn out, but um, you know, it, they are at least handling it well. Yeah. Well, apparently, championship clubs have agreed to finish the season with a possible return 
on the 20th of June. They'd ideally like to finish the season by the 31st of July, which would give time for the playoffs. But um, Leeds United are one of the clubs who are at the at the sort of forefront of this, of course, going for that elusive promotion. And their chief exec, Angus Kinnear, has said it'd be a national embarrassment if the Prem and Championship didn't complete their seasons. I love it. Ramp it up. Does, yes. does this start, does this sort of break? Uh, obviously, a, a, a well extended break than what you'd usually be used to. Um, mm. Does this break really fall into sort of Leeds' hands? Because everybody talks about um, uh, their team obviously falling to pieces by by the end because they're all just all exhausted. Um, mm. Does this kind of like really help them out, giving them a yeah. couple of months off? It's a really good point. Actually, I didn't consider that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. If you if you if we're going to be cynical about it, and at the risk of perhaps sounding a touch insensitive, it could work to their advantage from a footballing point of view couldn't it but but mm, you know ignore the point of views no no not on this show um <laughs> but but the the um the idea of testing players and 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 you know finding the positive tests and getting them isolated and everything is is part of the point of testing players right and testing the staff and get into a position where you can say right we are now as a league kind of you know covid free and so that gives us the the the, the platform and the basis by which to to continue it's happened it happened mm. in germany um, not too long before they 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 started again, they restarted, and they were able to take measures. I mean, that's the point of it. Um, the championship obviously has fallen into line and wants to go alongside the Premier League. League Two looks like it wants to do um, what the National League has done, which is we discussed earlier in the week. And, and League One appears to be kind of in the middle. League One is the problematic division at the moment, I would say, um, because they they are split down the middle and they don't have really the finances to to. To, 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 to push on with no football for too much longer. And then if you throw into the mix that next season, at least for a portion of it, whenever that is, there's probably going to be no fans. It's a really difficult, bleak situation. There's going to, yeah. we're, going to, we're going to end up with things like salary caps and budgetary caps on teams and, and the Premier League and, and the, money, the moneyed parts of the football pyramid in this country are going to have to start there's going to have to be some kind of bailout and then will that come along with some conditions and a land grab by the top flight as I think Pete was saying a week yeah. or two ago uh, will teams have to rely on young players a lot more well EPPP has fucked a lot of that up for a lot of its smaller teams so it's a lot to be sorted out but if we just focus on the football um, then I think the testing is, is, the, is, the, is the main part of it but it is really Im- important to stress that to get a I think I think to get the um the championship and league one back it's going to cost it to just for the testing it's going to cost in the hundreds of thousands of pounds that and and league one's main income is is match day incomes match day Mm -hmm. revenue and that's not going to be there so I do think there's 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 an element of the head being buried in the sand about this uh the premier league is probably you know notwithstanding all the health stuff which is obviously really important and is the main concern but if you park that to one side from a football from a financial point of view, the Premier League will probably be fine, won't it? It's those other teams and then lower down the pyramid that we're that we should be more more worried about, I think. Mm. Yeah. A friend of mine was chatting saying that why not just write off next season? Not completely, but bear with me. So we have time to finish this season. Now this financially could be um, a ridiculous idea. But he said basically all the all the chat is to try and squeeze in the end of this season, and I understand that. But don't have a time limit on this season, and then next season almost like have like a sort of if a would be sort of apertura or clausura as they do in Mexico and Argentina. You can have cup fixtures and everything. So next season 
becomes like, right, well, we'll do whatever we can do next season, but don't try and squeeze in this season too much. And I thought, well, it's, it's an idea that I haven't heard that much. Could be good reason for that, because maybe financially. But... You've not been reading the email box, uh, Marcus. <laughs> we, get, we get it every week, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the, same, the same reason that the football is coming back, basically, would be my, I haven't had time to think about it, but would be, would be the answer is just money. The broadcaster rights have been paid for by the broadcasters, and they want their, they want their product for their money, which on one level, I suppose, is fair enough. But part of the reason... Um, cynical people would say the main reason that football's coming back is to do with money because mm. and, and I, I to be honest I do understand that because it's a huge I mean if you take Germany for example 50,000 jobs depend on football so mm. it's it's a lot of people's livelihoods um and so I understand yeah. the the, the, um, the desire to get it back but I just don't think that idea could be workable mm. chiefly because there wouldn't be would there be enough games to be broadcast would would it would it still count as a full season I mean yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, true enough. I mean, the, well, for those of us who who want the football to return, whether it be because of sort of finances or just purely because we'd like football to return, we can rest assured that uh, Robbie Savage is in our corner. I'm um, a journalist now. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, somebody want to talk us through this? Because I'm sort of still rather bemused by it. Pete, did you see Robbie Savage on the news? I didn't, actually. I don't know. I, I'm completely in the dark, to be honest, Marcus. It was in the running oh, line, right. but I just couldn't find any reference to it. What happened is, he, he in his capacity as Daily Mirror columnist, mm-hmm. he was um, allowed into the Daily Briefing to ask a question about grassroots football. And um, <laughs> even Matt Hancock himself, uh, well, actually, he always seems surprised, but most stuff is going on, doesn't he? But he, he, he was very surprised to see that a question was coming from a Robbie Savage next, and it turned out to be the Robbie Savage. Yeah. <laughs> Baffling. <laughs> yeah. What did Savage ask? Do we know? Because I, I saw this like on Twitter, and I just assumed that there was somebody who looked like Robbie Savage. My brain wouldn't even entertain the idea. It was about the idea that... Um, for kids at grassroots level, some sports like golf, I think tennis and maybe even cricket is allowed to come back sooner and grassroots football isn't. And I think Robbie was making, I didn't see it specifically, but I read about it after the fact. I think he was making, to be honest, an altogether reasonable point, which is that, you know, football is um, the most popular sport in the country and is participated by more than any other kids. So, um why is it not going to be able to come back as well and what the pros and what the um time frame is and etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think he just got flat batted away by mm. uh, by matt hancock uh, good old hanny um now gentlemen the proposed controversial takeover of newcastle united has reportedly been given the green light by the premier league not everyone has reported that just yet but that could happen even today um of course there's been much speculation as to who would take charge of the team and which players will be signed and Steve Bruce has come out this week and said I would bloody love to see it happen and I'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> he's already mm. in the he's already in the job and he's talking himself out of it. That's what I like about <laughs> He yeah. will be a part I'd of it. It's not a very big one. <laughs> is there a little uh, is there a little Keegan reference in that? I would uh, love it. Maybe. Is he trying yeah, to endear himself further? Oh dear. Well, he went on to say that he'd back himself. Of course he would. Um, And he said, to be in a position where you're actually challenging and you have a good enough team as Newcastle did in 95 under Keegan and then later under Sir Bobby Robson as well would be wonderful. See, bringing in Keegan there, he's he's doing that deliberately because he's sort of saying, look, Keegan wasn't a tactical mastermind, was he? (laughs) 
It was just attack, attack, attack. And I yeah. can't do that with the players I've got. So give me some decent players. I think I think it was a, it was a good it was a good uh, it was a good calculated kind of uh, few sentences that that, that said uh, said yes. uh, spoke uh, volumes. I think. I know. I feel so sorry for Brucey because he sat there, you know, in the job. <laughs> in all the this job. is going on, and all yeah. he's basically hearing is, oh. Every, I think every press conference or every time it's it's uh, someone interviews um, the Newcastle United manager and, and Bruce turns up, they're like, "Oh, you're you're still here." And so <laughs> yeah. it's a bit like, "Yeah, no, I, I, you know," because Andre Villas-Boas has reportedly turned down the chance of managing Newcastle should the takeover happen. I mean, what, I love that. Just get it out Bruce, early. Bruce has still got the job. He's still in there. I, Marcus, I imagine that no one's approached Andre Villas-Boas. But he's yeah. just such a sort of grumpy man. He's gone, just let them know, I am not doing that. And <laughs> obviously, like normally when, when the chairman gives a, a vote of confidence to a manager, it, it spells that, you know, the end is probably near. But we don't really know who the chairman's going to be at mm-hmm. Newcastle in the near future. So, so Bruce, he's just done it himself. I like that. Yeah. Just, I'll save you the trouble. <laughs> I'll undermine myself. And then, then, then you don't have to be embarrassed about it. You can have a belly rub. <laughs> Do you think Ashley's going to go, do you know what? I'd bloody love it if they made me the chairman and the takeover and I'd like to be a part of it. You know, just nothing changes. <laughs> no, I think Mike Ashley is probably thinking uh, when he's doing the putting together his handover document, he is going to have to think very hard about all the things that happened under his watch that he probably doesn't remember. He, he probably doesn't even remember Steve Bruce as the manager. There's, no <laughs> fo- there's been no football happening. He's, he's not. And by the way, there will be a mention of Mike Ashley on Monday show for those uh, listening who look forward to Pete's Film Club. I won't go into detail why, but there will be a mention of him on Monday. He is not at all interested, as Pete's been telling us for years, pretty much since this show has been around. So I would be very surprised if in the handover document, Steve Bruce's name is even mentioned. So I'm sorry, Steve, but you've got, you're probably going to be treated the same way you treated Wigan and Crystal Palace back in the day. Them's the breaks. <laughs> big digs. Just because you're, you're a big friendly bear. Oh, did you see? I, I, I don't think I've sent it to the group, but there's a beautiful picture going around of Lauren Robert, the ex-Newcastle uh, left winger, of course. Oh, with a cigar um, on the go. Cigar on the go, backyard, camouflage T-shirt, glass of what I, what very much looks like Hennessy. He looks like <laughs> the greatest man in the universe. Someone's been watching is. The Last Dance. <laughs> he looks flipping great. Uh, so hunt that out if you can. Maybe I'll give it uh, give it a tweet from the Ramble account. Uh, wow, I, I just want to be. I just want to be Lauren Robert smoking on a big cigar in, in my in my big backyard uh, with a glass of uh, brandy on the go. Beautiful, Pete. If you could go around someone's back garden for a brandy and a cigar, would it be Lauren Robert or Hatton Ben Arthur? <laughs> well, it did. No, I, don't, I don't know that I get fed at Hatem's, Atem's house. He'd, uh, Lauren Robert will be in Reunion <laughs> Island, so that'd be better, I reckon. Yeah, it would be. It would be a hell of a. It would have to be a private jet, wouldn't it? it that, that, that's not a direct flight by anyone's stretch of the imagination. Is that the only way you travel these days, Pete? Yeah. Well, you know, I like to stretch out. I'm so tall. <laughs> that's how he justifies it, Luke. Uh, it's a direct flight, but I can get an even more direct flight. So yeah, I have to. Uh... <laughs> I don't think that like the um, kind of private jet travel is that good because um, you can get because you have to sit in a car for ages to drive to some weird kind of airport out in the sticks. So you're like you're in a car for ages, and I prefer to take the train. No, Pete, that is entirely dependent on where you live and where the airport <laughs> in question is. You know that it's a very no, no, but it isn't. That. It isn't though because because nah. the kind of airports that uh, allow um, private travel are like like it's a Biggins Hill those kind of airports, and so they're not on like 
the main artery. It'd be, it'd be easier to get to Luton, I reckon. So I always think when I see uh, somebody getting off a private jet like Jay-Z or Kid Rock, I always think, you've had to sit in a car for about an hour and a half to get there, mate. So, yeah, but you know. Pete, Biggin Hill is about 25-minute drive from my house. So they, again, it's a variable. I don't live in your house. <laughs> yeah, but I do, and that's the point. So, Pete, do you are you like a private plane spotter? Because Jay-Z and Kid Rock is suspicious to me. They're <laughs> so strange. He's just looking they must for his be specific examples. Yeah, <laughs> they're my last two. They're my last two spots. They have not been uh, bunk- uh, hunkering down at all. Well, <laughs> watch this space. Have you seen uh, the the FC Soul update? They've been given a record fine of sixty seven thousand pounds for their sex doll stunt. Why didn't they go sixty nine? I do. Uh... <laughs> that, seem, that seems that seems deliberate. I think it's, a, it's yeah. an exchange rate thing, isn't it? It's oh, an exchange yeah, okay. rate but, thing. Yeah. So, so it's our fault. It's, it's the pounds week uh, performance then. Yes. It, it is yes. 69. Yeah. But we yeah. did, yeah. did you see that they might also be kicked out of this stadium? Oh, blimey. <laughs> it could get this bad. Well, they just have to play on the street. Yeah, presumably, which would be far worse. Yeah. Mm. I mean, to be fair to them, they were incredibly naive because the sex doll company had adverts for their own sex dolls on the sex dolls. Surely at that point, alarm bells should ring. Well, exactly, Jim, because the K-League rules state inappropriate or sexual advertisements are not permitted in the league. Now, the league did recognise that FC Seoul didn't intentionally order a load of sex or love dolls, as Pete calls them, but did note that they should have realised what they've done uh, before putting them in the stands. So, uh, an intriguing. I went to a... uh... I went to a soul-based uh, and indeed located um, sex museum when I was in uh, Korea. It was oh. uh, absolutely tawdry as hell. <laughs> tawdry? <laughs> what did you, what you expect from a sex museum? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really low rent. It was just naughty paintings. It's like when you go, I think I said it before, <laughs> when, you're, when you're a kid and you go to like Belgium or Holland on a school trip and you go to a joke shop and then you turn a corner and suddenly there's, a, there's, there's sex toys everywhere. And you're like, oh my God, where, where am I? Pete, what am I doing? Help. Is, is, this the, is, this, is this the place you took the picture that you sent me of you sat on a toilet and the toilet was in the shape of a man with a big erection? That would be the Seoul Sex Museum, yes. Yeah. So you, uh, we know that you also went to the Penis Museum in Iceland. Like, what's the oh, best fruit, fruity museum that you visited, Pete? <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, I think the Penis Museum is very medical. Uh, yeah, a lot it's of more anatomical. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, yeah, you, you can buy like um, bottle openers in the size of uh, in 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 the shape of phalluses. But no, yeah, the mm. the, the, the Korean soul based um, sex museum was um, it was full of tourists. It was also connected to an ice museum as well, so you could go two for two. <laughs> If you fancied it, if you needed cooling down at the end of it, ice museum. Jim, the 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 centerpiece, the centerpiece of the um, Icelandic penis museum. Uh, I don't know if Pete remembers this. Is a gigantic um, whale's penis in formaldehyde right in the middle, mm. and oh, no. it is genuinely very impressive. Oh, it, <laughs> now the now the the most impressive one is like the field mouse's one. Because obviously it's absolutely tiny. And, oh and, yeah, I forgot the problem, about the little collection. Remember, ones, absolutely yeah. tiny ones. Yeah, but like yeah. the problem is, it's not just they obviously like some most of a, a person's penis is inside the body because it kind of got, it kind of wraps around sort of thing. So like, I, I didn't mind the penis bit, but the, you'd have the bit inside your body as well. I just didn't want to mm. see that. I would, so they had human up, penises but. in formaldehyde. They had one human penis, and the donation ah. notes basically said, uh, uh, "Guys, uh, I'm I'm 75 years old. Uh, when I die, you can have my penis uh, because I've not really used it that much, to be honest." Which is a very Aww. sweet note, I thought. Aww. Yeah. So the the whale one. How big are we talking with the whale? Jim, one? Jim. Yep. 
That's enough now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not start this. <laughs> yes. You'd be able to give it a nice hug. Like, is it is it bigger or smaller than a human man? It's about yeah, as big as a small man. Right, as big as a small man. All right. Yeah. All right. Now we've had Enjoy. a joy. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was premature. I was premature there, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go for a break, gentlemen, you see Yapstam has been named FC Cincinnati head coach. Uh, they, mm, this yeah. was revealed on Twitter with an accompanying photo of a man who looks a bit like Yapstam. <laughs> I thought it was Stormzy. <laughs> <laughs> There's your racism. <laughs> the bit I liked about it is that is that they've obviously got uh, they've got a protocol here. It was a new coach, me to announce it. Do you want to get the social media assets put together? And rather than just saying to Yapstown's people, "Oh, could you please just send over some, um, as Pete would say, some high res uh, photos of, uh, of of Jap?" They just they just jumped onto Google. That'll do. Mm, yeah, get it done. Get I, it off my I, desk. Yeah, but yeah, but you. Just, I mean. I am massively in the uh, on the side of the social media person because I think it is a bit unprofessional to go. Have you got any headshots in the app uh, for, for, for your uh, for your social posting? Mm. There are enough pictures of Yapstams out there, um, and uh, the person was not at fault really because uh, there was a Getty Images uh, picture of this guy who was not Yapstam at the at the football match that Yapstam was also at. Uh, and he was actually labelled as Yap Stam. So it's not really the guy's fault, who's probably not that familiar with the differences between slightly similar-looking bald men. Yeah, I mean, if you if you take a step back, most pictures are not of Yap Stam. <laughs> yeah, so, right, yeah. He's, okay, got, yeah, yeah. he's got quite a good likeness, given that. Yeah. 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 I, for one, am absolutely stunned that Peter sided with the person that did this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I am. He's like the porno version of uh, Yes. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's ha- let's go Manchester for a quick United, break. Manchester United, the porno. Break. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. Now, what have we got here? It's time for emails straight away with PED. It is time for emails with a PTD. Jackson Russell's got in touch. Um, apparently, Nelly Yoa. Do you remember that guy? This kind of Australian-based yeah, yeah. soccer mm. fantasist. Uh, he's back on the scene and he's doing those uh, cameos. You know, he can get someone to, uh, like a celebrity to film uh, themselves saying hello for, you know, What's his rate? or birthdays or whatever. 15 US dollars. 15 that's US even That's too much. <laughs> yeah, he was DMing us for a bit. Yeah, he was. Uh, we could we probably didn't pay for those, free, did we? No, I don't, I don't think, think so, no. So. No. Um, so, yeah, so Jackson Russell uh, bought his friend that for $15. Uh, $15. Um, James Smith uh, has got in touch. Um, he's in some sort of weird kind of like lockdown Zoom-based uh, quiz situation like a lot of us. But uh, he wants to he wants to basically say that uh, his, uh, his colleague has managed to secure the services of David May in week one, asking a few questions, Keith Brilliant. Gillespie's, uh, I put an S in a completely different place there. Uh, Marcus Bent, Matt Janssen, Lee Clark, Michael Gray, and Liam Ridgewell, as well as still active players, Matt Loughton and Sam Saunders. Has anybody else had celebrities on their Zoom call chat? That's what I want to know. Uh, but That's he also said thanks to uh, Mark Judge for that. You know, friend of the show, you guys, you know, friend of the show, Jack Dean, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Jack's happy hour. So he was on a, he was on a, um, 
he was on a quiz, a Zoom quiz with a couple of his mates, and they set each other a challenge um, of who could get the most famous person to pop up on the Zoom. And right. Jack said, and he sent me a screenshot of this, so I know it's true. He said, no joke, like halfway through the Zoom chat, Judy Dench turned up. Class. Wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing That's flex, cool. that is. That's hilarious. That's, That's brilliant. Amazing. Um, we got one from uh, Joe. Hello, Joe. Um, afternoon. I got a good laugh about your uh, comments about Bundesliga goal music because my dad was once a member of Rocky Sharp and the Replays, a late 70s do-wop revival band. Unknown to, uh, unknown to dad for years, Wolfsburg have uh, adopted their track Ramalama Ding Dong as their official goal music of the club. It's also massive at Spanish weddings. I think I know that song. Ramalama Ding Dong? That's, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know the phrase, it? but but the song the song definitely uh, rankles the old uh, brain uh, holes. Um, my uncle Robert was the uh, main <laughs> rankles man. Rankles the brain holes. <laughs> rankles the old brain it's holes. Not a saying. Now, neither is Ramalama Ding Dong. Uh, my <laughs> Uncle Robert was the main man, Rocky, uh, while my dad, Jan, uh, performed the stage name Johnny Stud. When Dad found out, this uh, led to a bizarre situation of being flown, flown over to Germany to perform a karaoke session with the club's stakeholders. Listen out next time, Wolfsburg, play at home. It's a corker. Cheers, chap. Jaws. Cheers, Japs. Chaps. Jo- Jiminy Cricket. Cheers, Chaps. <laughs> Jaw. <laughs> Crying out loud. I'm, I'm obsessed with Jap Stam. <laughs> and uh, finally for now Christopher Brannigan uh, dear Ramblers I've literally had to put down my strummer in sheer shock mid-stroke so to speak uh, as I listen to Monday's show how did you have a discussion about the league in glorious Scotland being settled without mentioning that Marcus's club the Gorgie boys getting relegated the little slugs yeah. that's all cheers Chris anything to say Marcus Speller I think it's a disgrace it's a big disgrace, <laughs> it's a big disgrace. <laughs> down you go off you pop off we pop yeah, I thought Big pop. Budge was gonna was gonna sort it out, but clearly not. Dark yeah. forces have been at play. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for the emails. Short at footballrumbledaily.com if you want to get in touch. Oh, there it is. There it is. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for Time Tunnel. Yeah, so um I'm up I'm up this week bringing Time Tunnel along. So I basically I wanted to take you I wanted to give you guys a happy memory. So um I picked an episode of Time Tunnel that is basically it's the um, it's the, the the ramble from after uh, England beat Sweden to get through to the semi final of the mm. World Cup in 2018. I thought I'd take us back to that magical day. It's effectively called Easy Croatia away England oh, in the semis as Russia bow out with pride. Um, so I figured <laughs> I'd throw back to a happier time. And mm. uh, I mean, I'm basically still drunk in it which is referenced many times. Um, I regret nothing. Um, and also, Marcus's voice is quite reedy, where he's clearly been celebrating the night before. I've very much, you know, taken the heat for him on that one. Um, and, it, yeah, we, we, oh, it, was, uh, it was just so happy to listen back to it. It was talking about Sterling stretching the play and being generally underrated throughout the tournament. Harry Maguire's seductive first touch is mentioned quite a lot, which seems very out of date now, doesn't it? Um, Henderson's forward passing. And I love these sort of... Um, I love those huge games, like a, a tournament, a knockout tournament game where everything is riding on it seems so much more intense and your focus is so much more intense than on a normal game of football because every single thing seems part of this narrative tapestry, doesn't it? And that was the match where the, the Gareth Southgate lookalike was in the stand as well. We spoke about yes. it a lot. Um, Luke rated England's chances against Croatia quite highly as they're less than the sum of their parts, apparently. Sorry about um, that, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> there was a uh, Chris Waddle crying. We had a little cr- clip of that. 
because uh, he was so just so moved. Oh, he yes, ended up doing that. Bane impressions through a cup. Can't remember why, even listening to it yesterday. And Gary <laughs> Neville was still annoyed at goalkeepers for not saving literally every shot. Do you remember that? <laughs> <place>? Yes. <laughs> Jim, can I just jump in and say that... Um, I, obviously, you you told us in advance you're gonna you're gonna pick this one, and and yeah, and so I, I was set about trying to listen to it, and I actually found it quite emotionally painful to listen to. Yeah, I'm worried yeah. that that might Be- happen. Just because I know, I'm not, I'm, it's not a criticism for you picking it because I absolutely get it, and I, and I think it's a great shout. But for me, it's just it was it just it feels like a different universe, and it's doesn't it? It's, I mean, none of us here on this on this um, on this show are, are, have been. Uh, the, the victims of COVID or have had it particularly bad um, relatively to lots of other lots of other people. But it just made me feel a little bit sad at the situation we're in and a little bit upset and, and how, it, you know, two, literally two years ago almost, it was it was amazing. And, and yeah. so it was a little bit a bit poignant really for that reason. I, yeah. I yesterday, last night walked past uh, the place that I actually watched the, uh, the the Sweden match and they've got, Soho's starting to come to life a little bit. The... Uh, the House of Ill Repute down the road had their doors open, I noticed as I walked past a couple of days ago. Uh, but yesterday, the, what, where, where I watched the... <laughs> <laughs> Marks and Spencers. Um, the uh, Daryl Cardigan um, up um, Berwick Street Market was where I watched it. Um, they'd put It was basically like this little Italian kind of restaurant, deli sort of place, and they'd pushed all of like, the chairs out um, and, and they had a little um, kind of widescreen telly. Uh, really not big enough for everyone to kind of squeeze in, but it, I think it was was it Pride that day as well, maybe. Um, and 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 everyone was having a bloody lovely time. And I think I was I think we we're on the way to watch the Cure play as well. Um, so we watched uh, Sweden play, got 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 politically uh, drunk and, and, and really enjoyed ourselves, and then headed towards uh, to, to go and watch Cure. I think that's how the memory worked. But when I walked past that place yesterday, they're starting to sort of come come back, and they've sort of set chairs out, not in a in a not dissimilar manner like they're all kind of like socially distanced and stuff so people are just having beers and and uh and, and just having a lovely old time so uh yeah it's coming back guys it won't be long guys don't worry it won't be long yeah i i i thought about the uh the semi-final defeat um for the in this pod gym so it didn't bring back brilliant memories but um <laughs> i was i was uh did you know who got man of the match for england in that win against sweden do you remember was it jordan pickford it was Jordan Pickford. Jordy mm. huh. uh, Pickford. Amazing. Yeah, he made a couple of good saves at crucial, a crucial moment in the match. Um, but I remember, I remember Sweden trying to give a bit of chat to England before the match, which was quite unSwedish, like saying that England were going to underestimate us. Why you're really good? Oh, we won't underestimate you then. Um, and uh, there was a bit of bit of hubris. They were saying that the England players were all a bit fancy and they're not proper players. They're all all flashy and all this kind of stuff, big time Charlies and whatnot. And they really, really tried to kind of get in, in England's heads. But of course, trying to get into Slabhead's head is, is rather difficult and powered <laughs> in that first goal. And it's also difficult to get into Vardy's head for obvious reasons. Yeah, but, exactly. But the, what, what I was going to say is that um, it's fascinating. You say that about Pickford and about your memories of that, Marcus, because if before I listened to a bit of this and before um, I was asked to think about it again for the show, if someone had said to me, what are your memories of the Sweden game? And possibly wrongly, I would just say, oh, it was, yeah, it was pretty straightforward. You know, it was a fairly straightforward win. And, and really the games that stick out for me are the Columbia game before that, for obvious reasons, yeah. and then the semi-final. The, to me, the Sweden game is, in my mind, a bit of a non-entity. Are you, are you saying um, that that is yeah. probably erroneous then that I've misremembered that? 
No, I, I don't. I think you're right. I think it was a reasonably comfortable victory, but there yeah. was a couple of moments where Pickford was called upon, and I don't, like it wasn't a glare. I don't think they were in my mind's a glaring opportunity Sweden missed, but he needed to make a couple of decent saves. Uh, certainly at one, I think it was at one nil and maybe two nil. But I think I think that there was just no particular standout performer on the pitch for England. I think everybody sort of did their jobs. And and it was a kind of six or seven out of ten kind of performance for a lot of them. So, but I, so I just think with Pickford, he was just very competent, and and that's yeah. maybe why he got given man of the match. So yeah, it does make it does make me sort of think. I mean, we were gutted that uh, obviously um, Croatia went through rather rather than Russia, and that would prove to be our downfall as 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 possibly predicted. But do you remember the? Um... Do you remember like Smolov, Fedor Smolov with his Penenka in, mm, yeah. in, in the spot kicks? I was like, yes. oh man, if he hadn't absolutely pulled his pants on that one, we could have been playing Russia and we probably would have had a better time. I mean, we were absolutely uh, living on borrowed time with the, with, with the squad that they had because they were absolutely exhausted. I think, it's, yeah, our players were pretty tired, eh? But Pete, Pete, the Russia yeah. thing is a great shout because I, 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 when I listened back to this and I saw the title of the episode and as Jim's alluded to, like I know this is a cliche, but it's for me as a big fan of tournament football, as I'm sure we all are. It is really important that the the host team do well, and Russia really did set the tone, didn't they? I mean, for them, mm-hmm. if you're speaking about, I know they started the tournament and everything, but if you're speaking about them in the knockout stage, them beating Spain was massive. It was oh, it was man. possibly outside of an England context the most exciting game I can remember at the Luzhniki where they beat them on penalties, and Russia did did pretty well in that game, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, that was a weird game, wasn't it? Because Spain almost played like a parody of Spain to the (laughs) point where what they were doing was so, so ineffective. It was almost funny. It was like they'd forgotten the point of football. (laughs) Yeah, like Arsenal in the later years under Wenger. Yeah. (laughs) That dig. Yeah, but it's not an unreasonable one, is it? Mm. Anyway, that was a great. It was, it was a great on one level to to, to reminisce. Um, uh, it, it, the fact that it got the really thing that really got me is that I was thinking that we should really be building up towards a tournament now. I mean, this weekend, I think, mm. I think this weekend would be the FA Cup final and would be the right, play, yeah. so, the playoff finals as well. So, yeah, um, or, or one of those two. It's certainly one of the business end weekends of the season. We should be experiencing this weekend and obviously we're not going to be and then it would have been a big build up to the Euros so look yeah. it's it's bittersweet shall we say yeah my thinking behind it was that you know we're going to have to wait for this to happen again but it will happen again and when it happens again it will be glorious because tournament football is and it's you know that's it will be back in some capacity at some point and it's going to be wonderful and we'll we'll get there we'll get through it I just want to see another Sweden 1 Switzerland nil. Uh, game oh, in the want. second phase. That's Flexing what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. well, Russia, Russia won't be playing in uh, Qatar, so they, they won't get a uh, crack at it, which is sad, but you know, these things happen, don't they? Very sad, Peter. Very sad. All right, let's wipe our tears away and bring a smile because it's now time for the Mask Winger. Who's under there? Under the mask. Let's see if we can figure it out. Let's see if we can figure it out. It's the Masked Winger. Yes, it's time for the Masked Winger. I would like to thank the gloriously entitled uh, Ben Wardropper. He's dropping the war on us. Wow. Um, <laughs> what a name. Isn't it? 
What a name. <laughs> um, are you ready for your clues for the Masked Winger? Yep. I need more time. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, right, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> right, first clue. I was born on the 22nd of April, 1979. Stop. Is it Michael Carrick? It's not Michael Carrick. I, I usually guess for Michael Carrick. Wouldn't, this wouldn't have counted because you didn't say your name. Mm. Mark, Jim. Uh, is it Michael Carrick? Go on, Jim. <laughs> is it Rufus Brevet? It's not Rufus Brevet, no. <laughs> he must be older than that, surely. I'll tell you something now. I've kept pretty quiet up to now, but if you are going to submit a player for the Masked Winger and you were going to do Rufus Brevet, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> We've had worse. I like it. We've not had a, we've not had Rule Fox yet. Um, although not a striker Luke. and the highest... Rule Fox. Mm-hmm. It's not real Fox. No. I just wanted to see if that was a bluff. Yeah. Although not a striker, I am the highest scoring Premier League player from my country. Hmm. In 2005. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. That was poor yeah, of me. Marcus I'd already had a guess that round. No, I'd already had a guess no, that round. A, sorry. It's the next yeah, clue. No, it's the next it clue. You're fine. It's the next clue, mate. You're fine. Oh, c- do I have to go or can I withdraw? My... No, you did it now. No, you have to go. Go. You got to go. Paolo one chop. It's not Paolo one chop. Yeah, I knew it wasn't because no. he was a striker. <laughs> anyway, carry on. <laughs> In, sorry. Uh, in 2005, I rather bizarrely featured in an advert for Pepsi for the 2006 World Cup, alongside people like Terry Henry, David Beckham, Roberto Carlos, Ronaldinho, Luke. and Nicholas Bentner. Luke. Is it Zoltan Gira? Luke, you are right. It is Zoltan oh, Gira. Congratulations. Oh, really great show. Well, well played. Done. Fantastic stuff. Yes. Oh, my first man. name rather poetically means life in Hungarian, and my whole name is, rather excitingly, an anagram of Lego Tarzan. <laughs> that's great so so the, the reason i know that and you guys marcus particularly will remember this I, I went to budapest uh around that time perhaps maybe a little bit after that and so i i, I remember i literally I honestly remember saying to you guys um it was just after we started doing the ramble that i've been to budapest and zoltan gear was absolutely everywhere yeah he was like david beckham that. of hungary yeah, it's like um, Vince. Uh, is it not? Is it Vincent Wanyama in his home country? Like he's on everything in Kenya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When Wanyama. I went, when I went down there. Well, but Solano in Peru. That's true. Yeah. He, he, yeah, but he can't get away with anything. That look, he get he got arrested recently, didn't he? I mean, um, wow. I tell you what. Since we've done lockdown, I'm in great form on the Mars Wingers. I haven't got you guys sort of mind games. Marcus is a, <laughs> is a little competitive shit, and if he's not in my eyesight, I'll, I'll feel much more relaxed. Yeah, Marcus mm. has got a little switchblade he threatens Luke with. It's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, Zoltan Georg uh, scored a goal which which he's got the winning he scored the winning goal against uh, Hamburg in the semi final of the Europa League. I've I, very few goals have I celebrated as much as that one. Mm. He's a delightful <laughs> player for Fulham at times. He scored against Portugal in the was it the World Cup as well or was it the Euros? Euros. One of them. Euros. Mm. 2016. Marcus, part two of Danny Murphy Ramble Meets next Wednesday is oh. a lot of it is about his Fulham stuff. Beautiful, beautiful. He's a you'll, great You'll enjoy it. Murphy. I will. I will listen Wednesday. I bloody well will. Uh, but before that, well, I've got to sit through goal three, taking on the world. And it's a little <laughs> reminder that we're watching that for yeah. Pete's Film Club. <laughs> oh, I've already watched it. It is fucking dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> but tomorrow... Everybody, little nugget for you here on Greatest Games, Jonathan Wilson and I. I've got Clive Tilsley talking about that night in Barcelona, Manchester United 2, Bayern 1. It'll be nearly 21 years to the day, Jim Campbell, when Manchester United secured that treble. And Big Clive was there in all his and their glory. And he said... 
professionally, it could have been the most important night of his career, let alone those Manchester United players. I've already earmarked it for tomorrow morning's run. Mm. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. Very much so, everybody. Well, thank you very much for listening to the preview show sponsored by Betway on Football Ramble Daily. As I say, Jonathan and I are back tomorrow with the greatest games. Do check that out. We're back on Monday for more of this nonsense. But until then, say goodbye, Luke Moore. Yeah, don't forget, there's an the match episode on Sunday as well. Um, lots to get stuck into on Football Ramble Daily. Thank you very much and goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, P.E.D. See you in second life. It's goodbye from me, everybody. (laughs) This was a Stakhanov production.